coming up on Pass the Secret Sauce. There is one thing that just about every single person struggles with, and that is imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've never met one person, unsuccessful or extremely successful, that doesn't run into a situation and think, what the hell am I doing here? Mm -hmm. Am I making a difference? Is this right for me? And am I any good at this? Mm -hmm. And one of my, uh, a good friend and, and mentor of mine, David Lesser, who's a, he's a high power executive coach, brilliant, brilliant man. And I just remember him talking to me about how he was like wondering if what he was doing was making an impact. And I just thought, wow, if this guy mm -hmm. feeling like that, who's the best I've ever seen, what, what does that mean for me? And what yeah. I realized after working with so many clients is that that imposter syndrome is a sign that you're in the right place. Because what it means is that you're stretching yourself to a point where you actually begin to question. Mm -hmm. And having that self-doubt, I look at as a healthy sign that you're in a place where you're actually being stretched. Welcome to the show. I'm Matt Shields. On Pass the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Up next on Pass the Secret Sauce, we have Jonah Larkin, who is the CEO of Jonah Larkin Vitality Labs. So Jonah and I get pretty deep today. Uh, we talk a lot of both of our histories and what he is doing for his clients today. So Jonah primarily works with male entrepreneurs and he really, he helps them get past blocks that they have in their own belief system. And we all have these blocks. We all tell ourselves, I'm not good enough or I don't know if I'm in the right industry or uh, I don't know if I'm making a big enough impact. Why should I be doing this? All, all of those things that we tell ourselves. Jonah is an expert at, at helping you see past all of that. Uh, and we get into his history and his background and what you know really drove him to get to this point. But he, he's developed these frameworks that, that sort of give you a tool or a system to help walk through all of that minutia, all of that stuff that's sort of holding you back and start to realize what life truly can be like once you have gotten past all of that. So if you're an entrepreneur that is struggling, you know, maybe you're not necessarily happy, you don't know if, you know, what you're doing is making an impact or you're not fulfilled, check out this episode. There, there's some tools and exercises that we go through that really allow you to, to see past all of that and 
realize there's much, much bigger, greater things at play than you know what you might necessarily see right in front of you, again, because of some of these these blockers or these things that we, we like to tell ourselves. So with that, I hope you enjoyed Jonah Larkin today on Pass the Secret Sauce. My dinner table, it, I, I'm, there's actually two answers here. The first was from basically zero to six years old. Mm-hmm. That was when my parents were still together. And so I definitely have, there, there was that inflection point when I was six. But in general, I would say a lot of intellectual conversations. Mm-hmm. My parents, both of them are, are, are Jewish, which makes me Jewish. And so there was that uh, inherent, uh, I'm just going to say intellectualism of the Jewish culture. There was yeah, a lot yeah. of discussion about, about politics. There was a lot of discussion about like, there was a lot of questioning asked to, you know, how do you think about something, but also a lot of judgment too, especially from my dad. My dad is a brilliant man, artist, but also extremely opinionated and, mm-hmm. and, and, one of the gifts was that I hopefully channeled some of that brilliance. One of the downsides was that I also channeled some of that <laughs> over-opinionatedness, which yeah. took me a while to program myself out of. But in general, it was a lot of intellectual conversations and a lot of just, yeah, I, I remember dinner always being a very interesting time for the most yeah, part. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And and obviously, I'm sure that probably parlayed into some of the things that you're doing today, you know, being you know, the leader, you know, of masterminds and, and consulting, you know, men and, and, and all of that. So that, that makes perfect sense. Did you, were you exposed to any type of entrepreneurialism early on, or was it not, not till later that it kind of bit you? So I actually got bit by entrepreneur, the, the whole entrepreneurial bug fairly early when I was, I think I was in fourth grade, I started, I would take my mom up to Payless and I would buy a pack of NFL football pencils, okay. take them back to school and I'd sell them to my classmates for a quarter each. Yep. And I'm not exactly sure why I started that. I think it was a bit of frustration about not having the stuff that I wanted when I was mm-hmm. a kid. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have a lot of money growing up. So I wasn't really exposed to it too much. But incidentally, my grandmother and my grandfather, who died before I was born, they were both very entrepreneurial down in LA. My grandfather had his own business. And so I feel like I'm the inheritor of that lineage in many ways. I love that. Yeah, love it. Love it. What what did your grandfather do? What type of business? He he built uh, steel swing sets. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he had his own fabrication, little fabrication place in West Los Angeles. I mean, this heck, this was back in the 50s when there was still, you know, yeah. kind of semi-industrial stuff there. Yeah. Very cool. Very, very cool. So, so what happened next? Did you, did you go the college path or what, uh, what was your next steps there? Yeah, I, uh, I, I did. I, I ended up going to college and, and before I actually graduated from college, I got inspired to uh, start a company. I've always been very environmentally focused. And so I started a company my last year of college uh, and it was a clothing company using organic and recycled and hemp and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. it, 
it, it was it was successful in terms of getting it out there. We had about a hundred accounts, and it was working, except for the fact that it wasn't working. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I had no idea how to manufacture and was messing things up left and right, and that that crashed and burned. But that was an incredible education in business for me. Yeah, and sure. that went to my next business, to my next business, and kind of the rest is, is history, but, uh, but yeah, that was it. That was a incredible lesson in business building and an incredible lesson in being humbled as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, it makes sense. What, and at what point did you start getting involved in, I don't know if it was the masterminds first, or if it was more of the coaching side or yeah. what was the, well, yeah, the coaching thing was somewhat unexpected and really a natural evolution. So I, after I went out of business with the clothing company, mm-hmm. I had some relationships with some Japanese companies. And so they asked me to manufacture a, a line of clothing for them, which didn't turn out so well. But what happened was I started a, a small chain of, of surf shops, retail okay. stores. And along with that, I created a website in like 1997 and started selling stuff online. Mm-hmm. So grew that into a $5 million business, sold it a little too soon, uh, but I was completely burnt out at the time. Yeah, And I ended up in China traveling around. I got inspired by acupuncture. I, so I became an acupuncturist and did that for about nine years. Wow. And I was in San, the Bay Area at the time. I had so many tech people coming to me over and over and over again. And yeah, they were there for their health, but we also started talking about business. And so funny enough, I kind of slowly transitioned into coaching. And I remember the very day, one of my clients came to me and she said, you know, Jonah, I love coming and getting acupuncture with you, but the real reason I come is to talk to you. Yeah. I thought to myself, that's <laughs> Interesting. Maybe I'll change my business model. And so I switched it. And that led me to uh, working with people and coaching and doing masterminds and doing some uh, corporate consulting around health and wellness. Mm -hmm. And uh, which, you know, kind of the rest, the rest kind of leads into itself. You know, I'm, I work at Stanford part-time now uh, working with their business school students in uh, experimental communications. And it's, yeah, that's a whole thing. Interesting, though, and and you 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 mentioned the the health and fitness thing there. It, I I think you have an aura ring on there. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan. Yeah, I I've uh, I actually just got my uh, my sizing kit yesterday, oh, cool. two days ago, something like that. So yeah, so I'm I'm going to be ordering one too. But uh, but yeah, so have you always been into health and fitness and keeping yourself, you know, yeah, in good shape? Yeah, I think and- it was. I think it was a natural extension of growing up where I did. I grew up in a very, very rural area, Mendocino County in Northern California. My parents were kind of hippie-ish. We had goats and chickens when I was growing up, yeah, cool. a garden. So it was kind of like I didn't really have to think about it too much. Yeah. And I was always into playing sports and all of that. And so the, the fitness and health thing comes very easily to me you know, which in terms of working with people is both a blessing and a curse, right? Because it's like things that are easy for me are difficult for other people sometimes. Yeah. But I still, I, you know, I, I understand that health and fitness and 
being close to nature is one of the fundamentals, I believe, mm-hmm. of just, you know, being a happy person, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. do you, do you, do you help coach that to, you know, a lot of your, your, your students as well, your clients? It, it depends. You know, many of them totally have that dialed in. Yeah. 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 I don't have to worry about it, but it is very interesting that, you know, oftentimes I will get a client who, I mean, I have a client right now. She's incredibly smart, you know, pretty successful. And she just has a real issue with her daily healthy habits. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's constantly sabotaging what she's able to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's like, Hey, the most important thing is get out in the sun in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Get that in your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's just back to the basics. It's always back to the basics. So the short answer is yes, but it's not the primary focus. I don't die. I used to run people's genetics and blood work Mm -hmm. and all that fun Mm -hmm. stuff. And I like to do that, but I prefer more of an exploratory relationship with people mm-hmm. rather than me as the doctor saying, okay, you know, yeah, let's do, do this. It. Yeah. Do, do that. Right. Yeah. So what does that, what does that look like then? What, what types of things do you start with? And, and I guess two, two parts of that question, where do you start? And then what types of paths does it, you know, typically take? Is it again, you know, obviously there's a certain health element to it, but then, you know, obviously there's, there's going to be business and personal and all of that. I mean, how, how does that all interconnect? Well, that's a good question. And, and I don't know the exact answer to it because I find that it really depends on the person that I'm sitting across from talking mm-hmm. to, right? Mm-hmm. You have, you have your own path. And I mean, I, I would turn around and, and ask you and say, what do you think, you know, what, what do you think has held you back? And what do you think has propelled you forward? Mm-hmm. And if I were to ask you, what's the biggest thing that's held you back in your life? What would you say? Yeah, that's an interesting, it's an interesting switch. I would probably say not, not necessarily being so difficult on myself, right? Like, like, yeah. you know, I, I, I have very, very high standards for myself. And, and yeah. sometimes I'm, I sort of get, I don't know. I don't know if it's analysis by or paralysis by analysis. Yeah. Um, but I'll I'll sit there and think about things. You know, maybe longer than what I should, rather than just taking action and and you know doing whatever it is that I'm thinking about doing. Because eventually I end up doing it anyway. It just takes me a long time to be able to get there and say, okay, I'm going to do this. So, I can uh, totally relate to that issue. So in that case, that's kind of a uh, self worth, self confidence. Mm-hmm intuition type of issue. And so in terms of how, how that might guide us, we might dive into that and then use a framework that I developed called the habit quadrant to address the specific issues that might come up around that. So, you know, in terms of, of self-worth for a long time, I knew I was good at what I did, but I wasn't convinced that I could help anybody. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I know how to help these people. But if someone shows up and, you know, they're like a multi-hundred millionaire, oh my God, I'm intimidated by them, yeah. right? They accomplished so much. I would compare myself to them. And so 
yeah, we would, we would let that particular thing guide us, but I'm a big fan of frameworks. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And a huge fan of frameworks. And so what I, what I like to do is to identify what somebody really, really wants, and then ask, you know, the, the, the six, the five to six questions of why do you want that? Why do you want that? Why do you want that? And it really gets down down to like the self-worth finding love, finding, you know, love and grace for ourselves, Mm -hmm. finding meaning, all of these sorts of things. And when we connect to that, then what extends out of that oftentimes is so much more real and more powerful for folks. Yeah. I always, always like to ask, oh, you know, like, I've always wanted a Lamborghini at this point, I'm like more towards electric cars, but I've always wanted a Lamborghini, yeah. but why do I want a Lamborghini? It's not about like being cool and driving one. It's about the fact that I really like to go fast. Okay. And I like to play. And so for me, it comes back to like, I like to thrill myself. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. So are, are you, do you also like to go like, like physical things too, like, you know, mountain biking, skiing, you know, all those types of things as well. Uh, you know, is that like part of your personality of, you know, always seeking that thrill, if you will? Yeah. My uh, ex-girlfriend uh, who I'm great friends with called me up the other day and she said, Jonah, you're, an, I just realized you're an adrenaline junkie, aren't you? <laughs> I said, cool. yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> actually, I'm actually recovering from a pretty severe injury I got uh, in Hawaii surfing about a month ago, but yeah, surfing big waves. We were uh, at a wow. mile off, a mile offshore surfing 20, 25 foot waves in Hawaii. And um, yeah, so yeah. I got, up, up on North shore there or is that? Yeah, yeah we yeah. were on the North shore mm-hmm, surfing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, I actually separated my pelvis, which is a pretty severe injury. Oh, man. And luckily I have that health background and I know a bunch of doctors. So I've been doing everything from stem cells to peptides, to acupuncture, to everything and yeah. healing up quickly. But uh, yeah, it was pretty scary. So the answer to your question is yes. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I, um, I love to scare myself and also. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. That's incredible. So if you were to sort of, draw a picture of where, when people come to you, what their life might look like. And, you know, after they've seen you, you know, what are some of the breakthroughs, the realizations, what types of things, you know, would they, would they start to, I guess, be more self-aware about, you know, that they may not have noticed originally? Yeah, it's a good question. The main thing that I shoot for with any client obviously is what they want. But the, but the number one thing is, I believe fundamentally that we are all tremendously powerful mm-hmm. beings. And what that means to me is that you have a superpower. I have a superpower. And often these things are much subtler than we think of. Mm-hmm. And what that means to me is that can you get into a place where what you're doing is not without effort, but feels like play, feels mm-hmm. like flow, feels like you're in the zone. Mm-hmm. And what I found is that we don't have to do much to create that. What we have to do is get the crap out of the way. Yeah. 
preventing that flow from happening. And that can look all sorts of ways. It can look like, you know, familial stuff. That's why I loved your question in the beginning yeah. about yeah. what your dinner table was like to, you know, oftentimes it does come back to that familial stuff, but it can, can come back to uh, traumatic stuff or beliefs that we have, mm -hmm. thoughts that we repeat over and over to ourselves, or mm -hmm. it can be from not getting out in the sun in the morning yeah. and getting that serotonin going. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's very much so mindset, you know, it, it sounds like, I mean, uh, it all sort of revolves around the mindset of the person and, and, you know, being able to, you know, understand what, what made you the way that you are. What, do you have any, any, you know, sort of frameworks that you might be able to explain to, yeah. I guess, sort of extrapolate some of that or explain yeah, a little bit more of that? hundred percent. I do. And one of them is what I call the habit quadrant. So I struggled with my personal habits for a really long time. I spent a good amount of time at meditation retreats in my 20s. I did a 45-day meditation retreat once, wow. meditating 10 hours a day, you know, for six weeks. And I came back home and I actually couldn't maintain a daily practice. And so I had to understand what habits were and how they worked. And so I created a framework around habits, but after you start to understand how habits work, then it comes down to, like you said, mindset. Hey, it's Matt. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that I've been involved in the multifamily real estate realm for a while. It's something that I truly, truly enjoy, and I wanted you, my listeners, to be the first to know about something new coming out. We're calling it the MultiWiser Deal Room. It's a community of individuals just like you who want to get wise about multifamily real estate investing, developing, and even owning and managing your own complexes. You'll be able to network with people from all sections of the industry, from investors looking for deals, project managers looking for investors, real estate brokers, property management agencies, contractors, remodeling experts, finance gurus, you name it, we're going to have it in the network. I've been at this for a while, and I know it takes a community to make just one of these projects happen. And the MultiWiser Deal Room is my attempt to shorten your learning curve and get you plugged into leading experts fast who can help you close your own deals. We start off with a video glossary of over 150 commonly used terms to increase your understanding and help you get moving. Also included in the community are training videos to help you be successful, like how to put together a pitch deck, build a team, and so much more. We're going to have live interactive Zoom calls where you can ask your questions and learn from people who are actually out there in the industry doing it. For more information, go to multiwiser.com. And what I consider mindset is more of like body set, like what are you, what are you thinking? What are the thoughts that you're having? So the habit quadrant has four parts, the thoughts that you're thinking, the emotions that you are experiencing, the beliefs that you're walking around with, and then the actions that you're taking. And so it's really quite simple. If there's something that's that somebody that you want, or I want, say, I, I want to say, I want to do an Ironman triathlon, I can just make a quadrant and say, okay, what are the thoughts that I should be thinking? What are the emotions that I should be feeling? What are the actions that I should be taking? And what are the beliefs that I 
should be walking around with. And the great thing about the internet these days is that if you don't know what they are, there's somebody else who's probably blogged about it, created a video about it, and you can just copy them. Yeah. And of course, find your own. But so I, I use that habit quadrant all the time. I just make a big, uh, big cross and I just fill that in. And then I walk around with that for like a day, a week, a month, and just practice that thing. Okay. Like, how do I want to feel? How do I want to think? How do I want to believe? And then what am I going to do? And that, that framework I find is really powerful for people because what it leads to is it leads to a change in identity mm-hmm. and identity is really what allows us to do what we can do. Yeah. As yeah. if you feel like you belong somewhere, it's going to be easy for you. Yeah. Yep. And and I think we've all been in those situations too, where, you know, you join a new group where you join a program or whatever it is. And, and the people there, you know, you just click with, you just, you just connect with and, and you're right. I mean, it is so much easier when you are able to actually, you know, connect with people without, you know, prior knowledge of them or, or, you know, prior introductions to them, you know, just everything com- becomes more natural and that, you know, and everything just, you know, flows a little bit better. You've had a lot of experience with a lot of different types of people and, you know, high net worth people that are, you know, up and coming will say, is there a common path that you have found that a lot of people seem to struggle with, or is it really, you know, sort of all over the place? Is, is there any There is one thing that just about every single person struggles with, and that is imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've never met one person, unsuccessful or extremely successful, that doesn't run into a situation and think, what the hell am I doing here? Mm -hmm. Am I making a difference? Is this right for me? And am I any good at this? And one of my, uh, a good friend and and mentor of mine, David Lesser, who's a, he's a high power executive coach, brilliant, brilliant man. And I just remember him talking to me about how he was like wondering if what he was doing was making an impact. And I just thought, wow, if this guy Mm -hmm. feeling like that, who's the best I've ever seen what does that mean for me? And what I realized after working with so many clients is that that imposter syndrome is a sign that you're in the right place. Because Mm -hmm. what it means is that you're stretching yourself to a point where you actually begin to question. Mm -hmm. And having that self-doubt, I look at as a healthy sign that you're in a place where you're actually being stretched. Interesting. Interesting. And, and, a lot of that would have, you know, would relate back into the confidence too. Would you agree? I mean, obviously you have to have the confidence to be able to, you know, step out and, and, you know, initially set foot in whatever that new, that new path is. And then, you know, now you're looking around like, you know, what am I doing here? So, so is, is there an element, I guess you can say that, that people, again, up and coming people, maybe they're lacking confidence and that could be something that they can work on to be able to boost this ability to be able to get into this situation where they're stretching themselves or what are your thoughts there? 
Yeah, I think confidence is is actually a bit overrated. I think it more comes down to humility and the and the uh, willingness to to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, we're always trying to be confident, but confidence comes through experience. True. The yeah. only way that you're going to get experience is if you're humble enough to learn and be a, a learner. And so again, the most successful people I know, the highest net worth people I know are people who are constantly putting themselves into uh, the state of being a complete amateur. Mm-hmm. They're always putting, surrounding themselves by people who know more than them and are smarter than them. Yeah. And so what I find with people who are kind of coming up, a lot of times their insecurity, right, which they think, oh, I need to be more confident. Actually, that's not what is needed. What is needed is to start to like create some grace for Mm -hmm. ourselves Mm -hmm. and some love for ourselves so that we can, it's okay if I'm insecure. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know much about podcasting, but I could come to you, Matt, and I'm sure you could give me a masterclass on how to be a great podcaster. And I would just have to like realize, wow, you know, I kind of suck at this. Yeah, you know, I tried yeah. to, to do a podcast before and and it was fun, but I just couldn't really sustain it. And so I would have to come to you and just really understand like your mindset and how you approach things in order to be like, yeah, man, I just, I'm not good at this. Yeah. 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 Well, if you ever, if you ever want to create a, create a quadrant uh, around podcasts, let me know and I'll, I'll do my best. To... I, I will probably, I've, I have, a, I have a podcast in my mind for 2022, so I'll definitely reach out to you. There you go. Them. Yeah. Anytime, anytime. No, I love that. I love that. Have you, have you ever been in a situation where someone has some type of a blocker that you didn't know what to do with, or you couldn't sort of figure out what, you know, what is the right path for you or where, where, you know, where should you go? Yes. Explain, explain that, that dynamic, I guess, a little bit. Yeah. So I was talking to my dad about this in, in many ways, I'm the recipient of a lineage between my mother and my dad, both helpers. My dad was a collegiate volleyball coach for many years. So very experienced with coaching. And I was talking to him about like what makes people coachable Mm -hmm. and what makes people not coachable. And what I have found is that there is somebody who may show up to do a consultation with me or whatever. And it took me so long to figure this out. I'd be like, why are we not getting anywhere? What is, what's the pattern here? And what I realized is that we all have conflictatory beliefs, Mm -hmm. right? So When I sold my company in 2005, I made a good amount of money and I pretty much lost all of it. Mm -hmm. I I had almost a million dollars. I was like 32 years old and I pretty much gave it all away, bad Mm -hmm. invested it away, used it all, yada, yada, yada. And what I realized was that I had this idea that if I had money, my father wouldn't love me. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he, you know, his parents were depression era people. And so he had this very narrow view of what it meant to be wealthy. And I adopted that and I didn't know I had it. It was unconscious. And it wasn't until I lost all that money that I realized, oh my God, I didn't need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But, and so the way that relates to your question is that we all have 
conflictatory beliefs. Like I want to, uh, you know, if we take the wealth thing, I'd like to be wealthy, but I don't feel like I deserve it. I'd like to create a lot of impact, but who am I to do this? Yeah. Yeah. And many people, when we point that out, Hey, like, it looks like we may have some conflictatory beliefs. It's like a revelation. Oh my God. I didn't realize I had that. Mm -hmm. Other people, they go into defense mode and they're actually not able to realize the paradox. Oh my God, I have these two conflictatory beliefs. They're holding on to their beliefs so hard that mm -hmm. they're not able to see that. And what that comes down to again, is this issue of identity and the willingness to be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. To be uncomfortable, to actually like get to the point where it's like, Ooh, I feel really, really bad. And I don't know what to do. Yeah. And yeah. so it's really about the expansion of our emotional range of the ability to have really high experiences, but also the willingness to be anxious and depressed mm -hmm. and to mm -hmm. sort of be okay with that. Yep. Yeah. Live in that world. It, it does. It makes perfect sense. And I can, I can absolutely say that, you know, I've experienced those exact same things. And what, what came to mind as you were going through that was, you know, just a few weeks was it, it might've been Thanksgiving. I was, I was having a conversation with, I started dating a girl a few years ago and I had never met this, you know, this part of her family. And, you know, I was explaining what I, you know, what I did and obviously podcasting is part of it, but, you know, I've, I have had a number of other businesses in that. And they were just so like awestruck of, of me. And I, I like, I'm thinking like what I've done is no big deal. Right. I mean, I, you know, to me, that's, that's my, that's what I, that's what I did. Right. I mean, but I still yeah. have all this other stuff that I want to go and do. And they're looking at this, like, wow, I can't believe that you've accomplished that. So that's kind of where my mind went when you were going through that, through that process of being willing to step out, you know, into your you know discomfort zone. Whereas I think a lot of people like, you know, they, they, they confine themselves to their comfort zone and are not willing to be able to, you know, make any steps in any direction, no matter what, what it is, you know, in their own life. I'm like that guy, I'm sure probably, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe I inspired him to do something, but, you know, as far as I know, I don't think in the last month, he hasn't changed anything or started to, to learn even, or, or take steps in that direction, you know, that, that, uh, you know, I offered, you know, this is what I did when I started. So it's, it, that is really, 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 really interesting. So I guess, you know, to bring this all the way back to, you know, someone who might not necessarily have done, quote unquote, done anything in their mind, right? And, and I, that's the way that I feel. I, I haven't done anything yet, but there's all kinds of different layers there, right? Right. There's all kinds of different layers there. I guess, how do you identify what, what step, what direction should I go to take a step in the direction that I want to go, even though, you know, they might not necessarily understand what direction they want to go. Does that make sense at all? Yeah, it does. It does make sense. And, you know, one of the things that is important when we don't know what direction to go is to identify, I, I always ask people, what's the most difficult thing you've ever experienced in your life? Mm -hmm. And for many people, that's a very deep question because many of us have been through, you know, very difficult situations, abuse or, you know, being ostracized or watching people die, whatever it is. If you can identify that thing that you've been through, there's something that you learned from that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, and I would, I would absolutely 100% agree with her because I, and this is actually something that 
I, so, so when I was 16, I, when growing up, I was very, very reserved. I didn't really talk to very many people, didn't have all that, terribly many, that many friends, but my dad was basically, you know, my, my best friend all, all, you know, weekend long, you know, I looked forward to being able to spend time with him working on the house. He was always tinkering with something very, very handy. And then when, when he was, or when I was 16, he passed away, he drowned in, in Cape Hatteras. So, you know, the complete, complete shock, right? Uh, and it took years to get to this point, but I realized shortly after, after he passed away, I basically said, screw it. I don't care what people think about me. Life is too short to worry about, you know, other people's opinions of me. So then I kind of like opened up. I had all kinds of friends. I was popular. You know, had I been living the same life that I had lived prior, there's no way that I would have created a podcast. I'd be too afraid of, you know, getting on in or getting on with someone, you know, who doesn't know me or, or I don't have that relationship established with. So, so I completely identify with that. And I think that that's, for me, that was one of the things I've learned, no matter how bad the situation is, I always want to try to find the positivity in whatever that thing is. And, and that's what I would focus on. I, I wouldn't, you know, obviously I'd give anything to have my dad back today, but you know, that was one thing that sort of shifted my complete trajectory of my life. So, so I completely agree with, you know, trying to focus on, you know, other, other things to be able to take a positive spin, I guess, on, on whatever the situation is. Well, yeah. I mean, your story is, I mean, that's a real story, right? I mean, total tragedy. Mm -hmm. And within tragedy, you were able to actually find a gift, you know, yeah. not that you would ever trade that, but look, the thing about the past is the past already happened. So yeah. there's nothing we can do about it. But the fact is, is that you found your own strength. You found your own truth in that. And we all have these. Every single person listening to this podcast, every single person on the planet has been through things that are difficult and you have learned something from that. And yeah. so by going back and saying, well, what have I learned from these difficult situations? And then on the flip side, think about the most amazing experiences you've had in your life. Maybe yeah. it was like, watching a child being born. Maybe it was hanging out with your friends on the top of a mountain. Whatever it is, you learn things from those experiences as well. Mm -hmm. And so when we combine these lessons that we've learned from our very difficult experiences and we combine them with these lessons that we've learned from these very amazing experiences and we put those things together, there's almost always a theme. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that theme I found is much more related to what your purpose is here on this planet. And so it's a lot easier than we think. People get it. stuck in their head, but all you need to do is start looking back at your history and it's already there. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Uh, and do you specialize in working with, obviously you, you, you specialize working with men. Yes. Um, any, any particular industries or, or problems, challenges that they might be struggling with at all? Yeah, I mean, I mostly work with, uh, tech people because I'm here on the West Coast. I was in the Bay Area for a long period of time, but I don't work simply with tech people. I have clients all over the world and uh, have some who have some really interesting uh, businesses and all of that. And again, it's so much simpler than we make things out to be most of the time because you know, myself included, I'm always scrambling everything up in my head. Oh God, yeah. how do I do that? How do I do that? How do I do yeah. that? 
And it really always, to me, it just comes back to like, what is it that really brings you the most alive? Mm -hmm. What is it? Mm -hmm. And if you can connect with that, maybe you're an accountant and what brings you alive is watching other people like feel free in their lives. Mm -hmm. Well, you can do that as an accountant. Yeah, yeah. Right? Exactly. No question about it. You can do it as an accountant. You could do it as a plumber. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It's actually the approach that you're doing it with. Mm -hmm. And the more that we can create the approach that we want and integrate our purpose into our approach, what I found is the more that, and you know, this is kind of mystical woo-woo stuff, the universe will start to open up opportunities yeah. for you to do that more. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That makes, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, align, align with the direction you want to go and, you know, those, those opportunities will, will, uh, will open up. The, yeah. This is, this is such a great topic. I love, I love talking about all of this, Jonah. I mean, if, if, if people want to learn more about you, your services or connect with you, what would be the best way to reach out and get in touch? Yeah. So they can go to my website, jonalarkin.com. And then um, I did create a, a special landing page for your listeners to download it. some of these frameworks. It's just jonalarkin.com slash secret sauce. Perfect. I am on uh, Instagram, Jonah Larkin, Twitter, Jonah Larkin, LinkedIn. Yeah. I love talking to people. So feel free to reach out and uh, yeah, can have a conversation, introduce yourself. I'm always I, I just love people. So beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Jonah, many, many thanks. And uh, we will, uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you, Matt. It's really a pleasure. Thanks for listening. And remember, pass the secret sauce.